0: Hello and welcome, my name is Roger Quayle and you are listening to My Life in the Mosh of Ghosts. Hi there, it's Roger Quayle, back again with another episode from My Life in the Mosh of Ghosts. Thanks for joining me. Today's podcast is about a band called The Push. Me and my friends were somewhat obsessed with The Push in the summer of 1978. So having seen them on Tuesday night with Cabaret Voltaire, naturally enough, we decided to go and see them again on Saturday night at Sheffield University. So here we go. It's gig 10. The Push, supported by Double Life at Sheffield University on Saturday, the 19th of August, 1978. Vinner throws the best parties. Like a junior Jay Gatsby, he holds court at his parents' lofty Victorian house in Burngreave. We're a largely well-brought-up, well-behaved bunch. No one's discovered drugs yet, but there's a daft, ruttles inspired joke which involves acting high while smoking tea through a pipe. But mostly, we like drinking, dancing and snogging. The Library Come Study is the place to be if you are hoping for some groping. It's an adolescent update of the Operation game as fervent teens try to perform tonsillectomies on each other in the hushed fog lust among the fusty stacks. Next door, the living room is designated for dancing. The furniture is pushed back. Ornaments are hidden for safekeeping. Our band's PA system is set up here and the amp cables, gaffer taped to the carpet, snake back into the hall, where two turntables and a mixer balance on a coffee table by the front door. And this is where you will find me, a bottle of vermouth nearby, sleeping bag tucked away, playing records. At 17, I'm already something of a music snob, and I've decided that I'd rather spend the evening imposing my already immaculate taste on others. Spinning 45s for people in another room, rather than drilling for female fillings with a curious tongue, seems a noble sacrifice. Guests bring their records. The labels and sleeves marked Donna, Murph or Ian Q for ease of identification much later in the evening. And there's pleasure to be had in lightly fingering vinyl, which is only temporarily in your charge, while asking, what's the B-side of this? Here's what I play at Vinner's Parties in 1978. Mick Ronson, Billy Porter Dr. Dr. Feelgood, Gilbert. Rock Set. Devo, Evil. I Can't Get No Satisfaction. Ian, Ian Jewry, and Jury. The, the Blockheads. Blocks. Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll. The, Strang- the Stranglers, Wranglers. Get a Grip on Yourself. Blondie, Blondie. Rip Her to Shreds. Blondie. Thin Lizzy, Rosalie. The Buzzcocks. Buzzcocks, Another Music in a Different Kitchen. Sex, Sex pistols. pistols, Never Mind the Bollocks. Rolling, Rolling Stones. Stones, Rolled Gold. Manfred Man's Earth Band, Dave is, Dave on is on the, the road, road Again, again. Big, big, youth, youth, big Youth, Touch Me in the Morning, and The whole of Rumours by Fleetwood Mac. But what's the biggest record of summer 1978? The one that starts a charge for the dance floor, leaving young bosoms unmolested and boxes of wine undrained? Well, that would be The Cambridge Stomp by local band The Push. In the race to be the first local band to release a single, the Push have just been pipped at the post by the human leagues being boiled. And while there is admiration in our gang for their alien, juddering synth funk, we are all in the thrall to the three chord, hand me down rock and roll of The Cambridge Stomp, which is simply a joy to jump up and down to. There's also Sheffield Pride at work. These local heroes. Bravely leaving base camp, heading for the rarefied atmosphere at the top of Mount Stardom. All the better then to bathe in their reflective glory when they unfurled the white rose of Yorkshire at the peak. I saw first at Brofield. I told you they were gonna be big. Our emotional investment goes beyond buying a record or a concert ticket. It's a down payment as if you can will a band to the Dizzy Heights simply by believing that they have what it takes to get there. And it's this fervour that inspires bandmates Wilmer and Lango, plus me and two urchins from nascent school punk band The Surgeons, with such missionary zeal. For we are headed to the lower refectory at Sheffield University to see The Push on a Saturday night. We're returning to the scene of my gig initiation at The Runaways last November, so tonight will be my 10th concert. Also, The Push will become the first band that I've seen twice, having seen them just four days ago at the limit. Wilmer and Lango are seeing them for the third time in as many weeks. Those bank of willpower notes are piling up. This is The Push's biggest gig to date, and it has been broadcast live on local station Radio Hallam. Our MC for the evening is Monday Night Rock Show host Colin Slade. I like him. He's introduced me to Patti Smith and horses. Nevertheless, there's an odd disconnect between the voice I'm used to on the radio, young, cool, assured, and the chap on stage, bearded, portly, the last Backman-Turner-Overdrive Toby-jug on the merchandise stand. Colin Slade introduces the support band Double Life. I like to think that I'm pretty open-minded when it comes to opening acts. From John Cooper Clarke's machine-gun punk poetry to Cabaret Voltaire's Dada experiments in music concrete. But with the gang's excitement levels for the push nudge in Mac 1, Double Life's Brand X-style jazz-funk frolicking strikes a proggy, E-flat diminished 7th chord with us. There's no doubt that these musos have more chops than a Bruce Lee film, but their chosen medium is pure tedium. The two punks from The Surgeons eye us suspiciously. We're missing Starsky and Hutch for this? Colin Slade is back on stage. Sheffield! Are you you ready? ready? Tonight, Tonight, we're going to give give you you the push. push! Founder member Ray Ashcroft is an actor, working at the Crucible. Together with manager Ted Gush, proprietor of Mr Kite's Wine Bar, they auditioned for musicians last summer. Ray has adopted the stage name Charles Paris, possibly inspired by Simon Brett's fictional, crime-solving dipso-thesp of the same name, and has assembled an eclectic ensemble to pursue his rock and roll dreams. At 24, guitarist Dave Carr looks like a refugee from Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. All aviator shades and golden tresses. California cool parachuted into a South Yorkshire summer Saturday night. Casually chiming licks from a covetable Les Paul Gibson gold top. Babyface bass player Jeremy Meek, who doesn't look much older than us, wears his Fender jazz bass up high at chest height and has clearly spent most of his teenage years hammering the crap out of four strings in his bedroom. At the back is the drummer, simply known as Tag. Porn star moustache and shaggy hair. He is a little older than the rest of the band. Not old like Jet Black of the Stranglers, but mature enough to resemble the rogue male on a Club 18-30 to 30 Costa Brava trip. Ray, or Charles, or Charlie is out front. His rock and roll astrology suggests he was born under the sign of the Glimmer Twins, with Freddie Mercury rising. His theatrical training is immediately apparent, and if he's simply playing a rock star, he's extremely convincing as a frontman. He has a gift for gesture, movement and expression. Not unlike Sheffield's other great hyped hope of the time, John Lake of the Extras. But while Lake's mirror reflects Brian Ferry as the fairest of them all. Ashcroft's looking grass lies shattered with jagged fragments of Jagger, Johnny Rotten and even Robert Plant scattered about. Down the front, we're loving it. In honour of our latest Stones-inspired band incarnation, we've tossed a homemade Letraset Aftermath badge up on stage. Charlie picks it up. Charlie puts it on! RESULT The push, tear-through Can't Stop Maureen, which is more fun than a plague of Boomtown Rats, then take it down a gear for the white boy reggae of Front Room Revolution, before embarking on an epic call-and-response rendition of Van Morrison's speak-and-spell classic Gloria. Three feet from the thundering bass bins, the young punks cheer up. Is this a Patti Smith caller? No, it's by them. I can see it's by them, but Pat Smith brought it, right? Not them up there. Them the '60s band. Oh, I've heard there's an Andrews bootleg where he spells it wrong. What? TATM. No, Gloria. There's a suspicion that the Push are merely a pub rock vehicle. Maybe a '72 Vauxhall Viva, souped up with a new wave respray, all amphetamine alloys and pogo faster stripes. And musically, it's true they're closer to Graham Parker and the Rumour than they are to The Clash. But after 1977, the world is full of old red roosters in spring chicken feathers, freshly seasoned for the post-punk gravy train. And, like the Sex Pistols, we don't care. The push finish, inevitably, with the Cambridge Stomp. A thousand voices roar along. We're going to be heard on the radio. This is our band. These are our people. And everything is going to be great. Disillusioned with life on the dole in a rock and roll band, Dave Carr and Jeremy Meek left The Push shortly after this gig in search of better things. They were replaced with three new members and The Push went on a UK tour supporting XTC. Dave Carr continues to play guitar in various bands in the Yorkshire region and can currently be seen and heard with long-serving classic rock covers band, Roger. Jeremy Meek is a much sought after session player who has played with Joan Trading, Leo Sayer and Paul Carrack. After the XDC tour, the push folded after Ray Ashcroft got his acting break playing Ringo Starr in the TV movie The Birth of the Beatles. Parts in Coronation Street, Emmerdale and The Bill established him as a UK soap stalwart. The drummer Tag's whereabouts are still unknown. Thank you for listening to My Life in the Mosh of Ghosts. My name is Roger Quayle. Please join me again soon for another episode.